Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 65 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. I have had a short break. I've had about two weeks out. Like all of you watching, it is a very busy time of the year, but let me tell you, I am really pleased to be back and to welcome my guest on the show today, Diana Olnick, live from Canada. Diana is a business strategist and an industrial engineer, and we were just chatting off camera how those things seem quite different, but actually when you connect the dots, there's a lot of skills that can be transferred from one thing to the other. So it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you on the show, Diana. How are you today? Thank you so much, Jake. I'm super happy to be here. I'm pretty good, thank you. And yeah, um, it's been an interesting journey for me and I'm very happy to be here and share that with you. So let's get into it. Let's let's give the the viewers some of your story, how you got started in business and how you really kind of uh, did you start off as an industrial engineer and then move on to the business strategies or was it the other way around? Let's let's tell us some more about that place. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, first of all, as I was discussing before, I'm not originally from Canada. I'm from South America. So my journey in engineering started back home when I took engineering, it was industrial engineering and industrial engineering is type of um, a field of specialized specialization in manufacturing. And it's related with efficiency methods, productivity methods for manufacturing companies to grow. And so later on, I decided to come to Canada and then I had to go through the accreditation because I was educated in another country and I always remember that I really loved the job that I had when I was back home, which was working with the small business owners as a consultant, working for a firm and helping them to implement quality management systems. And quality management systems is very related with lean management, lean thinking. So these happen to be strategies, the same very strategies that big companies like IBM, Microsoft, Apple use in their very big corporate um, organizations. So what I did is that I just decided to apply these strategies in small businesses now and in the service sector rather than in manufacturing. So it's like I decided just like to bridge that gap to bring those high level strategies to small businesses related with implementing very efficient systems, automations, productivity, uh, systems and um, efficiency methods and all the stuff related with lean management. And I just happened to relate it with my own experience because at some point I decided to adopt this philosophy that is around the world called minimalism, which is about getting rid of everything that don't serve you, basically, in general. That is like a, a general um, definition. And for me, it meant to maximize the stuff that I really love or that was aligned with my purpose and getting rid of the stuff that didn't. And that is true, as it is true in a home, for example, when you want to streamline your home, it's absolutely the same when you have a business. It's similar to the lean management strategies for a business. So sometimes businesses get to the point to be cluttered, trying so many apps, trying so many different tactics, strategies in marketing, for example, people is right now inundated of so much information that sometimes you end up trying so many things and not getting ahead. And 
I am all the opposite to that. I am, the, my approach is not a profit-based approach, but a system-based uh, approach or purpose-based approach. So that is how, you know, like the two joined there and how I ended up being from engineering to in the business field. Right, got it. I love the way you wrapped up that story. And do, do you still do engineering or do you just do the business strategies now? I still work here in the, I do some work for consulting work for the government, but okay. I do my own, I have my own clients from my, my own consulting uh, agency mm -hmm. here locally where I am in Winnipeg. And it's an experience that I really love because I get to have my own freedom, which is something that I really love. Um, when I came to Canada, it was a struggle, a real struggle, you know, like the hustle, <laughs> like the theme of the podcast, uh, trying to build something and at the same time having the job and trying to, to do so many things at the same time and getting stressed, overwhelmed. That is actually what maybe even took me to the discovery of minimalism because somehow I felt so overwhelmed with so many responsibilities and things that I, I needed to accomplish, uh, mm -hmm. that this type of philosophy brought me that a state of you know peace or peace of mind to actually go and, and create something that is streamlined, that is simple, that it doesn't is not attached to a big profitability goal as many marketers try to sell, um, but uh, to uh, the lifestyle that I want. So that is kind of like how the philosophy also ties into the business model that right now is working a lot in the world, like selling a lot of stuff related with more profits, the money is happiness. They don't say directly, but mm -hmm. indirectly, that is what is underneath. That if you are aiming for a seven-figure uh, business or six-figure business, then there is an underlying message that that is your goal and that's what is going to bring you satisfaction. But in my model, it's totally the opposite. It's trying to, it's trying to apply these systems, the automations or systems, uh, processes, efficient processes that allow you to have the lifestyle that you want that doesn't necessarily mean a seven-figure business or six-figure business. Yeah, I understand. I think money can be, I've said it many times on the podcast, but people get into business, you know, with with good intentions and, and whatever their intentions are. But for some people, it can just be primarily about the money, the focus, the profit, the bottom line, what are they earning? And I think it can be a bit of a dangerous space to enter into because, you know, as I do, Diana, business is an absolute roller coaster. There's ups, there's downs, there's months go by when all the bills are paid, everything's great, all the invoices are paid. And then there's some other months where it's completely the opposite of that. And I think if if like money is just your main protagonist in the ownership and operating of your business, then when the money's not coming in, you're going to be ultimately frustrated and you're going to be despairing a bit because you're going to be like, well, why am I doing this? Because the money's not coming in. It needs to be, for, for me, in the businesses I operate in, there's a bit more than it the, behind that. You know, so, okay, some months work that aren't as good as others and anyone who owns a business will have known this year, you know, some businesses have done great out of what's happened this year. Some businesses have really struggled. But um, one thing you will know is that it's been a testing year in terms of that and 
I found that, you know, this year it's been a roller coaster for my business. And when the money hasn't been coming in, I thought, well, look, I'm not going to let it worry me too much because it's not the main sole reason I have this business. It's to serve and help other people. And as long as I'm still doing that, then I'm all good. Yeah, I think that there is something that is a little bit difficult to to implement in our lives. And it's that when we enter into a business, to enter into something that is such a good passion, kind of like the feeling that we have when, it, when we have a hobby, uh, that you could do that for free, you know, entering with that mentality that you could do it for free. Some people tell me sometimes, but what if you don't make the money? What if you're not making the money? So then how are you going to keep that state of relaxation? And I say, but what is the worst that could happen? You know, if the experience is there, is there to teach something, to, to go through the experience somehow, and nothing in the, in the life is so perpetual, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. So we just go through the experience as, for example, this crisis right now in the world. And at some point it's gonna end. It, it's always like that. So there is no need to stress about if I'm gonna have the money or not, but rather to live in the present, rather to live in what can I do yeah. right away, right away to enjoy this, make my business better, you know, with enthusiasm, not, not thinking in the future, but thinking in the present and concentrating, putting all the focus and energy to actually create something better or improve the services or whatever. So it's about how you, where you put your attention is not focusing in the what, but in the how, in the process. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And it, something that I picked up from Tony Robbins that he said, you know, there's there's really two main areas of business that you have to focus on. There's the now, the present that you were just talking about. Of course, that, you know, how am I serving my customers right now? And and how, what's their feedback from the service or product I'm, I'm, I'm selling to them? But then of course, where, where am I at three, six months, a year, five years from now? And what am I going to do? What services am I going to bring in? What new products am I going to bring in? And how can I even better serve my customers into the future? You have to be in those two places to be good at what you're doing now and be the best and better than anyone else in your field. And then, of course, you have to be not sitting in the future, but looking towards it, planning, strategizing, as, as you specialize in, for, for the future because... You know, it's coming. Today is yesterday, tomorrow, and especially in the fast world we live in now where everything's instant, everything's available. I mean, just look at the way we're connecting now from completely different sides of the world in real time with people watching now and they will watch later from all around the world. So you've got to, really got to keep uh, an eye on both both things right there, I think. Yes. Uh, yeah, in my own experience, I, I've discovered a lot of even – additional energy, additional focus, additional creativity even, which is very important for businesses to have this ability to reinvent themselves, the, the re-engineering. And mm. I think that that comes from where I finally stopped because of stories that happened be, uh, before in my life that are not, you know, like it, there is not enough time to discuss but hard things that happen in my life finally i said i have to stop with this and find the solution so then i study read books everything that we try to do to improve ourselves 
And I discovered this and I said, I'm going to apply it. And I think that that's what has brought me a lot of possibilities, open up possibilities that I never thought they were possible. And I realized that it was all in my mind, all my limitations. Although my topic is always about the specific strategies for business, but I really just love to share from my personal life how this approach that is related even with this minimalist lifestyle helped me also mm. in business. Yeah, and I'd love to talk about that more. Of course, I understand the concept of minimalism uh, and living simply just with the things you need and not buying things that you don't need just for the sakes of buying them. Certainly not buying things to impress people that probably don't even care about you at all. So it's, it's a crazy thing that a lot of people get wrapped up in. But how would you apply the concept of minimalism to, to business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think let's start quickly by explaining that usually we understand this philosophy applied in homes, right? When houses are like clutter, you know, they sometimes people try to um, hire some people that is called professional organizers, like Marie Kondo, like this type of people that go home and make a list and say, maybe I can help you to, you have a lot of stuff here, maybe you can get rid of that. And that is exactly what happens. And in order for you to implement this, type of getting rid of the stuff that you don't need at home. You also have to have good systems in place so you can maintain the home because then you bring again, you buy more stuff and you cannot maintain the home clean and streamlined. So the same, exactly the same happens in business. The application of this philosophy is that businesses, small business owners or business owners sometimes realize that they end up when they don't know how to grow their business or how to delegate or automate, they realize that they are doing a lot of, for example, marketing, a lot of marketing, um, you know, like content management, creating content and all of these administrative tasks that can be delegated for someone. And because of that, they don't grow. Sometimes they don't even have time you know, enough time to sell or to the networking that they need to actually grow the business. And the managing of the clients, the actual management of the clients, there are many ways to automate all of that now and it's still offering a great experience. But when we get bogged down in all of these administrative tasks, we are preventing ourselves to become a real strategist, a real manager or CEO of a business. Before that, we are an employee of the business. After that, we become a real overseeing, you know, like the whole operation and managing in the proper way, not like executing, but actually managing and making the strategic decisions. That is the idea. And that happens with the minimalist philosophy. When you start to get rid of all the activities that you know that in your business maybe are not adding value. You consciously develop processes, develop procedures, you know, develop standards so you can follow them and you can give them to someone confidently to mm. do that for you. So you can free up your time and you can actually grow the business. That is the idea that the person goes from being a technician, how this there is a book that inspires this also, which is called the E-Myth, which I recommend to anybody who has a business. And in that book, they explain how Michael Gerber, the author, explains how people go into business sometimes because they have certain expertise, for example, a graphic designer, 
I'm super mm -hmm. good at design, for example, and then I open my business. I was working for a company and then I decide to open the business because I know I'm great designing. But when they open the business, they realize, holy smokes, business is something more like, it's another field of study that I didn't know. I am super great at my art, but I don't know how to get clients. I don't know how to do the marketing. I don't know how to do the accounting. I don't know how to control the finance. I don't, you know? So that is the problem. Sometimes we enter into business without knowing all this huge world of business, which is another field that we need to learn and master. And so you, you go from being a technician to become the real CEO. Before that, we are employees still of our own jobs, let's say. So that's how the minimalist philosophy helps. So you can actually, you know, make that jump and manage in, in a proper way the, the business in a way that is going to allow you for more time, for growth, not just for yourself, but for the business, uh, instead of doing the administrative tasks that sometimes when we are alone in business uh, attempt to do at the beginning. Mm, that makes sense. And uh, I think by stripping stripping back those things, particularly what you said about, you know, um, a set of set of plans, set of instructions, so to speak, you know, a strategy that you can just give to someone else once you know you found the right person in the right position. And then you can transition from being an operator actually into an owner and then focusing on growing, growing that business. That's really interesting because it's something I'm literally going through right now myself with my own business and trying to find someone who can take care of a lot of the stuff so I can actually focus on growing the business into other countries, which, you know, is a, is a huge task and a challenge. But in that and on that note, it's a great segue to take us to our next point of topic, which is challenges. And it's something I always like to talk about and go into pretty deep on the podcast, because if you are in business, if you have been in business or if you want to be in business, you are going to face a serious amount of challenges and that's just part of it but it's you know i'd love to know some challenges that you've come up against in business and, and how that you how you got around them and over them mm -hmm. i think that one of the, my first challenges that i had was to be because i come from engineering was to be in a male dominated field it mm. was very hard for me to enter in a field that it felt like i was being disruptive and i felt unconfident many times and uh, that was very challenging. Overall, like over time, you know, developing my confidence and, and the journey, basically there is no other thing but just going through the journey, helped me to become more confident and, and, and rewire, let's say, my brain with new beliefs mm -hmm. so I could actually get rid of that and confidence. So it requires some psychological work there, actually. And the mm -hmm. other one is that later on, when when you are working a lot online, because that's the new norm, right? <laughs> when you're working online, you have to network, you have to be, you know, learn from each other and stuff. And in that process, sometimes I have compared myself a lot with other people. And from there is that I learned how nocive, how bad it is for our own health to actually put our, our standards to the other standards. For example, it's like saying, if this person had a, the seven-figure business and is selling this course or this type of thing, that means that maybe I can do it too, because this is very common. And then the person buys the course because this person, you know, the seller convinced that because they did it, 
the other person that is buying the course is going to do it too. But that is absolutely false. We are comparing ourselves to that person and the journeys are absolutely different. You can buy the course and you can do exactly the same steps and not get the same results. And it's not because there is anything wrong with you. That's the worst when the beatings start. It's because everything in life is super unique. So we don't have, we, we cannot compare. It's impossible to compare with others' journey and make decisions based on that. Any advice that we can receive, even my advice, is biased, right? Because it's based on my experience. I've worked mm. with people and I think general, general systems and what I teach is something that I just didn't invent. There is a model there that I, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to streamline, but it comes from Japanese philosophy, actually from Toyota, the Toyota case, lean management comes from Toyota, from manufacturing. Mm. Uh, but in general, when, when you are comparing yourself all the time to other people, then you can make many mistakes and on top of affecting the business, it's going to affect you because you're going to feel that you're not capable enough, that you're not there yet, that something is wrong and that is not real. <laughs> So not right at all. Yeah, no, I totally hear you. And, and on, the, on the latter challenge there, like, you know, trying to compare yourself to other people's particularly uh, just leads to confusion and danger because you're trying to mold yourself to look like someone else. Look, it's fine, obviously, to take different parts of different people that you admire and that you aspire to and, and go for them yourself. But if you're just trying to copycat what someone else is doing, you're never truly going to be able to do that because you're not that person and they have their own, you know, their own individualities, their own attitudes, the way they approach things. Um, you're just not, you're not going to be able to do that. So you eventually, you're just going to end up disappointed. You've got to break that mold and go forth with your own path. And, you know, there's a quote by um, Ralph Waldo Emerson. I do a bit of public speaking. And this was a quote that I said in, in my speech. The speech was actually called The Hunger for the Hustle. And what Ralph Waldo Emerson said was, do not go where the path may lead. Instead, oh, I've kind of forgot it. <laughs> do not go where the pathway lead. That's it. Do not go where the path may lead. Instead, go where there is no path and leave a trail. And I think in in business, if you if you're going to take that approach, then it's going to serve you very well. Yes, I like that because. Why we're so afraid of trying our own model? It's okay if it fails. Mm. Like, I, I learned that failure is not failure, basically. And I love that. I love because it brings you happiness. It brings you enthusiasm. It's like, it, I don't see it as failure. I see it as, wow, that's so cool how the life is unfolding with all of these things that happen and how what is going to be next what is next exciting thing is going to happen that is super unexpected so i really love the uncertainty that we have every day and i let me tell you this is something that also is very difficult for us to get at some point because we want to control things we want to have certain results and the life doesn't behave like that. So it's exciting. What is going to be next? <laughs> exactly right. You either win or you learn. The you know, failures are, of course, they're a thing that shouldn't be ignored, but they are just a part of a process for success. You know, I was looking at an analogy yesterday and it showed, um, it's talking about success and it showed an iceberg and that, you know, you just see about 10 to 20% of what's on the surface above the water. And that's really the top of the iceberg and what everyone else sees. But 
right underneath that is the 80 90 percent that no one sees the hard work the late nights the determination the failures the frustrations you know it, it takes all of that and i think it's very easy to go okay i'm just gonna this person seems to be doing pretty well at what i'm doing i'm just gonna copy exactly like that and and then i'll get exactly like them and everyone will like me as much as they like them well that's probably not going to work out like that you just gotta it takes a lot of courage to actually create your own path it really does um but the rewards that come back from it are just endless right yeah i i love i think i i think that if maybe i can describe myself in a word is that i'm rebel i'm very rebe rebellious rebellious yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to follow the standards from the systems like going means like every single time i'm always kind of like going in the other direction so by nature, mm. I'm like that. And I love the fact that you feel like free enough that you feel, you know that nothing is going to happen. Nothing terrible is going to happen. I mean, as long as you are alive, you're just going to enjoy whatever comes, whatever is thrown at you. At the moment, maybe there are some, you know, frustrations because the ego wants exactly the things to happen as you plan them. But overall, the life is super beautiful to live it in all the spectrum, you know, in all the different colors that it comes. So in business, this is super important because if you don't have that self-empowerment, uh, determination, it's difficult. It's very difficult if you don't have that enthusiasm. Mm, it is difficult, you know, and I would say you have to have a lot of enthusiasm in business, wouldn't you agree? Because especially when you start i think because when you're starting out you may believe in your product and service and think it's the best thing in the world that's ever been invented um but you've got there's a there's a time gap where you think that and then you have to convince other people of that and and that's gonna need a lot of enthusiasm yeah i yes one thing that i also love uh, a lot about business is that the connections that you make with people for example with you mm -hmm. I always feel, and the person that is listening right now, this is super special what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Look, there are there are there are um, millions, right, of people in the world. And the other day, I was reading that the, the probability for a human being to be born is one in a trillion. One mm. in a trillion. Like science have came up with that number. And then we are almost 8 billion, right, on Earth. So if the probability for a human being to be born is one in a trillion, and then the number of human beings that are here are almost 8 billion, can you imagine those two combined? So you and I got to connect right now here, and the person that is listening right now to this, this is not a coincidence, my friend. This is super special. And that's how I see the life. And that's how I approach everything. And that's why it's like, wow, it's like, it's not a coincidence. And we always, the, the relationship with the clients, the frustrations, all that go to a, another level because you know that there is something bigger behind all of that. So it's beautiful, Anna, and I think that that helps a lot in business also, really. I, I, it comes actually from my minimalist also philosophy where you can see purpose in things that you didn't see before. So this is part of that. 
I love that. I love the way you frame that. And I didn't know that that was a fact, like one in, was it one in a trillion? Yes, it's, it's unbelievable. Like imagine one in a trillion for a human being to be born and then 7.9 million on the earth. So how come that you and I got to connect? This is special. There mm. is no other reason. It is. It is a very special time. And I actually feel, it's made me feel very special to share this moment with you and actually very grateful because, um, you know, and actually, and let's be honest, right, we had to reschedule this a few times, right? It wasn't just like, okay, this is when we're going to do it. Let's make it happen. I think we have to schedule two or three times. Yes. But I'm, you know, I'm really glad, glad that we persisted. <laughs> yes. Yes, things happen in the moment that need, need to happen. So that also brings us a little bit of re relaxation that at the point where we are going to well, be there, where we want to be, we will be there. And for now, how do we know? that what we have is what we need. It's mm. because look at around. This stuff that we have is exactly what was designed for us in our overall experience. So if I want a bigger house, if I want a better car, if I want this vacation, if it's not here right now, it's because that's not what I need. The ego says that I want it, but in reality, I don't need it because I, how do I know? Because I don't have it right now. So it's going to happen, you know, whatever is going to happen is what you're going to need at that very moment. Yes. Yes. For fortuitous timing, I think is a way to, mm -hmm. a way to frame it. Serendipity. Serendipity is an even better word. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about the word hustle. I would love to know, Diana, how you define the word hustle and what it really means to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, that, that's, a, that's a word that I have to try to translate from my Spanish language into a meaning. I don't use it a lot, but I'd say for me, it's better to translate the hustle in something that would be like passion. You know, I prefer to frame it like that. Mm -hmm. uh, when we have passion, so then we don't feel the stress or, you know, like, overwhelm or burn out doing something but when we have passion we can even work all the night and it's okay like we're inspired we're writing that book that is going to bring something beautiful to the world we're um, creating an amazing strategy for a client that is going to change their life so this is for me the way to see hustle like passion behind and definitely as now you can guess um I don't agree with the, the exhaustive work that if I work this, how many hours I'm going to get there because I just try to be here in the present instead of being in the future. So for me, it's more a way to, to be in control, you know, to be in control of my mind and to embrace whatever is, is happening right now instead of being with the stress. So it's a way to eliminate the stress, the anxiety that causes sometimes the traditional hassle that we have heard of. So that would be my, my idea of hassle. It's more rooted into passion. I love it. I love the way you connect, connect those two. And I mean, they are very similar, you know, you can't have, if you're not passionate about what you're hustling for, then I think it's definitely going to affect it. And yeah, they're very intertwined. Is there a direct like translation for the word hustle from English to Spanish? No, um, no, I, <laughs> I don't even remember what, what kind of word, but, but, I, but I have a general, general idea 
I don't know how to explain you with the, with the, the other languages. Sometimes I have to do tricks in my mind to try to go around with meanings. Uh, but, I, but I have a, a general understanding of Hassle, and I know that is a word, for example, in the software development, um, people work hours, 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 hours to try to develop the best software. These people is uh, known in the world, Silicon Valley and stuff for, for the hustlers, like building a lot of stuff and they work a lot. But I feel that when there is passion, then there is maybe not the need to work that much or you don't feel mm -hmm. it. You don't feel that you are actually hustling in that in that other meaning. You, for example, I, I find interesting how you can write a book and, and not even sleep and go straight because you're super concentrated, you're in a state of mind where you have your energy and everything is flowing with creativity. For me, that is, for other person to be hustling, working all of those hours, but for me, it's part of the passion. And what I love about that is that, that sometimes in that state of mind, there is no attachment to a money, you know, like a goal that I have. It's just that present, that enjoying that present. And when you write in a book, for example, you don't know if the book is going to sell or not. And it doesn't matter. It's part of your legacy. Even if nobody reads the book, it's the enjoyment of that very moment that you just had. Yeah, yeah it, it's the creative process, right? I always say this, you know, when, I, when I'm speaking to friends or, or lots of times myself, you know, when you're, going, when you're going through something difficult and you're perhaps angry, you're perhaps pissed off, you're perhaps frustrated, how many times have you written a text, written an email, or even a letter for that matter, and not actually sent it, but just the value of writing it and creating it and composing it yourself, there's mm -hmm. something, there's an energy release in doing that. And um, yeah, there's, there's some yeah, huge value that. Now, Diana, I know you have your own podcast, right? So tell us a bit more about that. Yes, it's a podcast to discuss, you know, what success means for people, because as you notice also, my meaning for success is different. I don't feel that success is something that is going to be in the future. For me, success is right now, exactly who I am. I'm successful because I decided to believe it. Who is going to remove that idea from my mind if it's not me? If I, if I, I, there is something interesting that happened to me also, and is that I'm not a millionaire, but for some reason I feel as a millionaire and I promise you that this is real what I'm saying. I feel that when I'm teaching things online, when I'm in social media, I feel that I'm, I'm in a state where I am like a millionaire. I can give away my, my encouragement, my positivism to people, my insight is for free. Like I enjoy doing that because I, it comes from that state where I'm complete. I don't need anything else. When you have you know, you know that right now you're not sick, your family is okay, there is not a terrible thing happening, you know, your life right now, like you're complete, you're happy. Then there is no need for you to go and try to look for other, you know, ex exterior excuses to think that there is something incomplete. Mm. So for okay. me, yes. So for me, I I just that is how basically I I, I frame my life. And I enjoy being able to communicate this and to share that with the world, feeling that I'm a millionaire person. I'm so complete that I don't, I don't need at this point in my life the better house. I don't need the better car or the better business even. It's just so exciting that I have the food that my body needs. 
and I want and the podcast is for me a way to express that through the guests. So for me, it was a way to find the inspiration to bring someone else from the outside and say, hey, somebody else is saying it. This is me expressed through this person too. So I come and to the stories in social media and I say, hey, I interviewed this amazing woman. You cannot imagine. She's this, she's that. And I enjoy that so much. And it's me with her message in one person, like communicating that. And I just love that process. It's so amazing. So the podcast doesn't have an attachment also of the money or how many people I can get. For me, it's enough with that. Do you remember the one, one in a trillion probability? And then <laughs> a, a million billion people here on the earth and i got to connect with that lady for example to talk about something that i love i am vegetarian so i love to speak about those things although they are not directly related with business but the the idea behind is that people that is in business need to apply good habits so that's why i try to bring stuff that help them in their own life so hopefully it supports their own journey in the in business that is the purpose of the podcast and it's called alchemia because alchemia is the pronunciation of the word in english alchemy and alchemy means transformation so it's all related with the transformations for success but it's the understanding in my own that not many people know that the transformation is what is happening right now and the success is right now <laughs> so everybody i love the idea that although this is my idea not everybody in the podcast when i ask that is gonna say the same because because everybody is different so i love to embrace their own definition of success i respect that definition a lot and i and i embrace it i even practice with them it's beautiful every definition is beautiful so that's I the podcast it. you know i've been smiling so much when you said that because i really do share you know, from being the, the host side, the interviewer side of the podcast and the value it can bring to you because you often, you know, like attracts like, like you said, you know, there's one point trillion, one, one, one to a trillion that were even here. And then inside that one to billions. So you end up inevitably connecting with people that are on the same wavelength as you and you both share that message out. And then inevitably people that enjoy it and are looking for that message receive it and they give you feedback back i just say you know if just one person hits me up and goes look i enjoyed the episode really got some value from it yeah. that's awesome for me you know it's, uh, that's, that's yeah that's, it's yeah. all about that and at the end at the very end i'm gonna tell you that it's gonna sound egoistic but it's not at the very 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 end it's about me it's about my love my love expressed in all of these situations, how I speak with the guests, how I enjoy that very moment, how then I go and speak about that person. It's, it's all about me. And it's the same for every single human being. It's about you, your experience. Mm -hmm. How What do you do with that experience? Not about the money or, or how many subscribers or how many, no, it's about you. But we haven't realized. So it's, it's beautiful in the sense that we've been innocent. When we realize, we become like more, more happy with everything that happens. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now we're coming to the end of this episode, which is a shame because I'm really enjoying talking to you and um, you know sharing a lot of value here between us. We seem to be on a very similar wave wavelength. But I'm wondering if you could close out with three hot tips for anyone that's watching that perhaps wants to get into business, perhaps you know has an idea, a product, or a service, and they think they can create their own business around it. 
Yeah, I think that because I'm all about systems and efficiency, I say, please, please, don't skip this one. Um, develop your procedures first, you know, align what is your purpose. I, I teach in this how it's nice how when you are an employee um, in companies, for example, in Canada, they ask you if you want to make donations, for example. And they deduct that the certain amount of money, the amount that you want from the paycheck. So I say, why in businesses we don't have we, we tend to avoid the same type of social impact because we think that oh no, we're always with expenses, with costs, we cannot do that. We cannot afford a lot of charities. But why we cannot do it? It's just a, a, a mental model. So I say a lot, try to from the beginning implement some type of charity donations one dollar i don't know two dollars for every sale whatever when you do that you bring abundance to you you help you actually make an impact you approach the world from a from a abundant um type of type of view and that is gonna come back i mean you don't do it because it's gonna come back <laughs> you do it because it's good um but but that is gonna be the result anyways so that is is, is, is important i think that is good to to have a socially conscious business basically where sustainability and support for other people that is around there is a conscious there that that you are as a good leader i think that this is very important and also i say align everything that is in your in your business like your processes you know finance accounting how everything is hap happening see it as a machine how all the parts are you know working together rather than isolated parts see it as a machine as a system and then from there create procedures for the main areas or processes that you determine get rid of the activities that don't serve you and then measure this is very important measure the efficiency of all of these processes. For example, in marketing, you can measure, you know, KPIs, um, engagement, you can re measure, or you can you can even measure in marketing, for example, the number of leads that you got, how many leads, leads you converted. Or let's say if you're in design, how many, you know, um, errors in design or um, reprocessing you have, you have to get. So basically, is creating indicators, percentages, for example, measure, measure, that is important. And then apply continuous improvement. That means that from the data that you got, reiterate, reiterate, and constantly improve the, the system. This is um, this is basically something that I created and the, and the name of my agency is called the M4 method because I call it the minimalist four method. And this is the fourth step is, um, Meaning the first step that I said, develop the, the processes and etc. And the second one is move, which is taking action and getting rid of the activities that don't have value and develop the procedures. The third one is measure, and the fourth one is um, maintain, which is continuous improvement. The four M's, love it. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Diana, there are some hot tips for anyone watching. If you've just joined us, then we unfortunately you're at the end, so you need to rewind right back when you watch this back because there's been some seriously hot value in this for anyone that's involved in business, whether that be owning or operating or is thinking about going into business.
Diana, it's been a real pleasure to spend some time with you. Do you just want to tell the audience where's the best place to find more about you and if people want to connect with you or, of course, mm -hmm. hire your services? Yeah, I love to connect, you know, in social media, I'm always there, I'm all about friendships. I don't feel that every person that you feel that is strange or unknown in social media is actually that for me. They are all my friends, all my friends. And I love to hang out there in all the accounts, even TikTok. I'm as Diana Olenik. And my website is dianaolenik.com. So it's easy. Simple. It's a, it's a name that I don't think... Anyone's going to be forgetting because it's quite unique. So, yeah. dianaolenic.com. Got it. Yeah. Diana, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I'll uh, enjoy connecting with you again soon, I'm sure. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be able to be talking here, to share my insight, to hopefully bring people some uh, interesting message that maybe you can a little bit think later on and maybe develop more of, of this in your business or maybe share with other people. So it's a pleasure for me. It's actually an honor. And remember, nothing is a coincidence. So I'm super grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Take care, yeah. everyone. And thanks for watching.